0: Frank Krueger
1: Elon Musk tweets one thing about Dogecoin. And man, I'm just like a Dogecoin billionaire overnight.
0: Can you believe that? Wow, so one of his tweets came true? Is that what you're saying? Is he finally the profit we've been looking for? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's it's quite fun. I, you know, invested quite heavily, like $100 in Dogecoin, uh just to spite my manager Joseph because he actually <laughs> understands cryptocurrency and I don't. But I like Shiba Inus and yeah, That is a doge. So why not invest in a great cryptocurrency that one, never runs out, and B, is a complete joke that when also somebody tweets something, it randomly spikes and triples your value. Um, it's quite fun. I'm actually up $60.
0: So that's not bad. That's a
1: oh. 41%. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. got buy that doge. I did-
0: I know it was super popular with the nerds just for the doginess of it. So I think I have a few friends that own some. It was a little too ironic for me to actually invest into, though. I didn't want to put my money down on that irony.
1: No, it's a, it's a terrible decision. I'm not recommending that anyone uh, buy Doge. In fact, because here's the problem with Doge. It's a great idea and concept of having a joke cryptocurrency, but then people try to do harm. To it in fact, uh, I don't think that Elon is trying to do harm to Doge by, by tweeting out like the Dogepocalypse is coming and that you everyone are turning into a Dogecoin economy. But there were some TikTok individuals that were like, Oh, invest $20 in Dogecoin and will, um, you know, crypto spike it or whatever. You know, they'll kind of uh. you try to drive up a price and then like those people sell all their stuff and then it crashes. So that's any cryptocurrency. But, you know, that day that that happened, it was a TikTok spike. And then a week later, uh, Elon spike, which is how ha- Elon's tweeted three, two or three times about Dogecoin. And every time that he does, it spikes up uh, quite, quite heavily. But uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. You know?
0: You know, we invented currency so that we had a stable form of transactions, so that we knew a certain value of something so that we could easily say, well, I don't have any cattle here to give you, but I'll give you this coin instead. It was, you know, a a constant, something to rely on. (laughs) And so I love these cryptocurrencies, but if one nerd popular celebrity dude can change the value of that currency, it ain't a currency yet. Maybe in 10 years, it'll stabilize and actually be a currency.
1: It's very true. So why, Frank, am I talking about Dogecoin, may you
0: ask? I really am asking that, James. Are we doing... I'm so scared. What are we doing on this episode?
1: Well, it's because our good friend Elon Musk... Uh, is also a backer of a little company called Open AI. Have you heard of this company?
0: Ah, uh, that's the tie-in. I forgot that. I have heard of Open AI, James, and now I know what we're talking about. Ah, uh, yeah. I, geez, he was was he one of the founders or just an investor?
1: He's just an investor,
0: a little backer. Yeah, I think Microsoft is invested. Full disclosure, I'm hmm. not sure. Yeah. Anyway, so I I'm excited because I want to talk about something, and this isn't my idea necessarily. This came up on uh, our Discord chat. It was actually a lightning talk idea that I just wanted to turn into an episode because I just want to talk about it. With further ado, I want to talk about GPT three. James, have GPT you heard of GPT three? GPT
1: g- three. Yeah, it sounds like That's a hip hop song. I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, no, I I have heard of GPT. Three, because my colleague Abdullah went into our team's channel was like, so are all of our blogs just going to be auto generated by GPT three? And then my (laughs) response was Google's a GPT three. And I was like, I know, you know, I, I guess I wasn't on the in of whatever was happening that day. This thing joke.
0: Yeah, it, it made its rounds on Twitter, in fact, um, especially after we're done talking about this. I highly recommend people just go on to Twitter and search for GPT-3 to see experiments. You usually write it GPT-3, and you can see a lot of fun experiments out there. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. So this is kind of a general purpose natural language processor. So it works with stuff you type out. (laughs) Words. And the G part, I think, stands for general, in that it can accomplish a lot, a lot, and a lot of scary tasks. And I mean scary by good. It does a very good job with language stuff. So where to begin with this thing? Maybe some examples?
1: Yes. And also, before we get to the set examples, I do want to acknowledge, yes, Microsoft did invest a billion dollars in OpenAI, a San Francisco-based research lab founded by Silicon Valley luminaires, including <laughs> Elon Musk and Sam Altman. It's dedicated to creating artificial general intelligence, which I did not know. So I have no prior knowledge to set investments uh, or anything. <laughs> and true transparency, yeah. as people know this podcast, I work for said company of Microsoft, but not in this
0: division at all. Whew, yeah, there we go. Whew, wow, wow, full disclosure. Whew. Okay, so when I first heard of Open AI, I understood it to be someone, a, a group trying to research how do we prevent AIs from taking over the world. And to be thoroughly honest, I kind of dismissed it because I'm like, oh, this is the most Silicon Valley of Silicon Valley things you can get, right? Um, but uh, they started putting their money mal- where their mouths were and started actually releasing some neural networks. Mm. And I have my balance bot that doesn't work, but kind of works. <laughs> and that's actually running open AI neural networks on mm. it. So they are doing some of their open part in the open. But a funny thing about GPT-3, and this is from open AI, they are not releasing the source code to it. And they're not even giving too many too many details on how it works, because as they say, it's a dangerous technology, um, which kind of makes it scary to think that one company is in control of a dangerous technology. But at the same time, you half respect them for not releasing it because, well, let's let's talk about what you can do with this thing. So, type in um, the headline of an article, and it'll write you the article. James mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and your very first question should be well is it an accurate article and we're like maybe Who knows? (laughs) Is the information in it correct or false? Who knows? The scary part of it, though, is that it's well-written to the point where you think a human wrote it. And just our natural, if it's written down, we tend to believe it, bias that we have. So that's a scary application of the technology in that it can create a lot of false information out in the world.
1: Yes. I'm looking here at this beta of the OpenAI uh, API, in which there are a few things. So text generation is one, there's translations. They have speech to bash. That's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: uh, we'll talk about a few of those because those they, are kind of hilarious.
1: Yeah, they have like Q, Q and A, things like that. Um, but yeah, the text generation, their sort of prompt is is um, feeding in a bunch of, of kind of bigger headline, like first paragraph. Like here's the first yeah. paragraph, now write the second paragraph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's writing, um, real, real words. This is, I mean, this is a real, uh, real sentence in which makes sense in the context. I'm reading this, you know, they're, they're talking about like text in text out interface. And then the responses that using a DaVinci model, uh, that it says, and yeah, I mean, it says the roads, this is what it generated. This whole thing was about limits and strengths. It's like the road to making AI safe and useful is long and challenging, but with the support of the developer community, we, Expect to get there much faster than working alone. <laughs> Powered by Microsoft so Azure. Wow!
0: <laughs> is it really? Oh, my goodness,
1: yeah, that's what it says. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the GPT three though. To be honest with you, I mean oh. this is the uh, Open AI technology, Open API beta. Is that the same thing or no?
0: Um, it it probably is. I think they might have a couple. API beta. So what they did instead of releasing the source code to this thing, so you cannot download GPT three, but they made it a web service instead. Yeah, and this is they it. made it a closed beta web service. And so that's them getting around the. Um, we're not going to show you how to create this monster, <laughs> but we're going to let you use the monster, James. Uh, so yeah, so generation that that is. A, wonderful. I mean, what uh, what domain squatter hasn't always wanted a system like that? <laughs> but, you know, actually robots write a lot of uh, news releases already. So it's just where do you draw the line kind of stuff there. Um, but translation, that is an amazingly useful task, right? We, we all want better translators, Um as a software developer don't we wish it was all just like a magical button that we could hit where our apps were magically translated into other languages you know so we can always have better translation and then you brought up one of the weirder ones and there's been a lot of demos of this but taking natural language and generating which one did you say well i'll tell the one i know uh you start type Just start typing in your finances, you know, talk to this neural network, tell it about your life, how much you're spending, how much money you owe, and it'll build an Excel sheet to track your finances over time. (laughs) So like, you just, you know, you talk to it like a therapist and it'll build you like Excel sheets. Uh, Which one did you mention earlier? So this one is
1: uh, speech to bash. The input here was firewall, all incoming connections support 88 on this machine. And then it outputs IP tables dash a input dash PTCP dash dash D port 22 dash J drop, which like I uh, would have never, I mean, who knows what that would have been, but I'm assuming that it, this is the, the demo website that I have to assume yeah. that this is correct.
0: Yeah. Uh, isn't that fascinating? I mean, if you think about it, it's still translation. It's mm-hmm. just translating. to something we've never been able to translate into before. We've always needed humans to generate code because that's, I mean, it's in the Word. We're encoding information into it. How do you go from a high-level spec into a working program? This obviously is just a cute little tech demo, Um, but maybe once we get into describing how GPT works, you'll understand that this is maybe a scary little tech demo, like the fact that it can do this. Uh, There's other ones out there I saw doing SQL generation. So this is your give me a natural language query, and it can hit a structured data source. So really wonderful for kind of user interface work, especially if you take the next step and don't make people type in this stuff, but use an Alexa or a Siri or something like that.
1: Yeah, very true. I'm looking here at a, a demo they also have, which is um, on Wikipedia. <laughs> so this is, this is genius. You're on a Wikipedia page and they went to the bread page. You know, so you're looking at bread. And mm-hmm. you would normally you try to be looking for something. Uh maybe, you know, the their example is why is it fluffy? Right? Why is bread <laughs> so fluffy? So uh-huh. you might you might look in, you know, control uh control F or Command F and start searching keywords. Fluffy instead of yeah. fluffy, fluffy Which rise. Never works Because you picked the wrong word for me. You pick picked the wrong word. Uh so what they said is instead you're on said page of Wikipedia, you hit the open a i button and you type in "Why is bread so fluffy and it and it does this machine learning algorithm uh or whatever it's doing on the page mm-hmm. and will will not only find the area of 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 why it believes uh that is the answer that it's analyzed mm-hmm. but it'll also bring you to that
0: yeah. part in <laughs> it
1: as well, which is really cool,
0: yeah ah. Oh. So many things. Um, I, I kind of want to just keep going with examples, but we could we could do like an hour of just examples. I kind of I, I want to get I, into. I'll
1: put a I'll put a I'll put a link to it's beta.openai.com, and, and you can just go here and there's there's things that you can run. But there's also like productivity tools, generation, customers or chat. My goodness, like chat's going to be.
0: Oh, chat. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, like the robots we, we, that we're going to talk to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: That we're already talking to and you hate to talk to. So if someone can make it <laughs> so we don't hate talking to the said robots, I'm definitely in because here's what's happened with said robots. Um, You know, I was just messing with Restream and, and I always have to ping their support for something really silly. Like I was like, oh, what is this thing? You know, I can't find it in your FAQ. And, you know, the bot is not super s- smart. So it's like, what can I help? What can I help you with? And. Sure enough, the five option it gives me are not enough. So it's like other. And then I go other. And it's like, I'll connect you to a human being. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. What is your point? What is your purpose?
0: You know, it's a phone tree. It's a standard yeah. phone tree. Press one, press two, press three. But now it's in a chat box form. That's yeah. like, you know, in some ways, I don't mind that because at least it's reliable. And, you know, you're just working your way through a phone tree. But mm-hmm. when it when it gets it's like that uncanny valley, when it's semi human, you're like, are you a human? I can't tell <laughs> and i think we're gonna be in that uncanny valley probably for the rest of our lives james we're gonna constantly be questioning are you a human did a human, a human write this am i a
1: human <laughs> what's going on uh i will say this though i have definitely been i was on uh the phone with our good friends comcast uh one of yeah the, 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 our good our fr- friends of the, the pod. Best, best people to be
0: on the phone with <laughs>
1: Do you know how long it took me to um cancel my Comcast service via oh, their do, chat chat service?
0: I, I went through this recently myself and I worse, I had to have a hardware pickup during a pandemic. <laughs> and- Getting that scheduled, so I had many opportunities. In fact, to hang out with the people of Comcast. Anyway, enough bashing. What what happened on what happened on yours? Anything I was about on? a it. It took. Uh,
1: so here, here's the thing with Comcast is they have a form that you can fill out online that says I would like to cancel my service on this date, and then it's like okay, oh, yeah, we'll process it within two days. So it oh, sounds great. Mm-hmm. I fill it out a week later, no response. <laughs> I'm about to get billed again, and. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm like, I don't really want to call. I was like, okay, I'll I'll talk to somebody. So I'm watching House Hunters and <laughs> I'm on the computer with a laptop because this is definitely a laptop situation because you can't do it on your phone because it doesn't allow pop-ups on your phone and it's a pop-up window. So, you know, great. Yeah. Uh and I'm not going to install some app to talk to to contact. So I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm in this huge, this long tree. I'm pretty sure it's a real person, but I'm not sure. But you know, they're 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 hitting boxes. It's like tell them this thing. Tell them like they're in a decision yeah, tree on there. They're
0: own. in a tree, right? Good point. Yeah. Good
1: point. There's a tree somewhere. There is a tree somewhere, and it took 45 minutes. And, uh, I mean, it, it was, it was ridiculous. And then they're like, when do you want it? And I was like a week ago when I asked, and then like, let <laughs> me see if I can do that. And then they're like, you know, they're like, where's that? I'm like, oh my God. I don't even know if it's even canceled. I have no idea. All I'm, right, I'm going to sure. log in while you talk about us. we'll get an update. Did you know James- when you're
0: when your credit score takes a dip you'll get a credit score notification or something like that anyways i digress yeah uh how did we get their phone trees right they're terrible okay oh how does this
1: stuff work we know how phone trees work we're very well (laughs) versed in said phone trees
0: yes yes okay so you may be listening dear listener (laughs) that uh and thinking well we've actually had pretty decent translation for a while google did it yeah they Kind of, yeah, Uh, Microsoft has it, Uh, Bing Translate. I think that's what Twitter uses. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, translation's in a pretty decent state. Um, And we've had text generators before. They were kind of worse. (laughs) They were a little bit ridiculous, but, um, you know, they've been around. I think everyone who's learning to program probably writes one at some point. It's always kind of fun. The scary, most interesting, the most why everyone's really paying attention to GPT-3, is that those were always specialized tasks. Even if it was a program, you would handwrite a program to do, uh, let's say, translation's a bad example, but any of the natural language input things, um, you might train it to translate from English to French, English to Russian, you know, English to whatever, and back and forth. Very purposeful. You design the machine learning algorithms around that task. Uh, Same thing for all the applications. Text generation. You design a specific thing for that. The thing about GPT-3 was it never learned any of those tasks specifically. All it did was read the entire internet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The sum of human knowledge. (laughs) And it's so weird, James. Because they made this network so big... It has 175 billion parameters. So you can think about that as 175 billion floating point numbers. Um, it's a lot. 175 gigafloats of numbers is the sum of human knowledge. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. Example, yeah. yeah. And then when you want it to do a specific task, like translate this query into SQL, you just give it a few examples of it. Like, here's, here's one, two, three, four, five examples of how to translate this thing, and it figures out the rest. Mm. This is very different from how current networks work, where I would have to give it 100,000 examples and retrain it for that mm. task. This network is not retraining it's trained. It's been trained. It's, it's a hard task to train this thing. It is a, and, yeah,
1: it is a pre-trained piece of software. So like, for example, I want to talk about like what you mean by what you would feed it. And in their blog post, they say, here are some examples, uh, Elon Musk by Dr. Seuss, right? So it's going to <laughs> generate a story in form of Dr. Seuss about Elon Musk. So it must have the complete, um, you know, back knowledge of all Dr. Seuss, why Dr. Seuss, styles of Dr. Seuss, even books written about Dr. Seuss and by himself, Dr. Seuss, and then all about Elon Musk and then put something together. Or another one is Jerry Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy talking crap about San Francisco. And then they would, you know, you could imagine the amount of content there is from those comedians to put that together into something real.
0: God, can you imagine, like, it read the Internet. I, I forget what they said the training uh, corpus was, but I, it was as large as we got. We just fed it everything, you know. Um, Why not? Right. <laughs> and and you might be guessing this is GPT-3. There was GPT-2, GPT-1. So I'm sure like throughout all these years, they've just been building a larger and larger larger corpus of text to feed these things. And it's kind of interesting, um, just to generalize a little bit here. Uh, this has been a bit of a trend in neural networks. Of if you want a neural network that does something interesting or creative or does it well, basically, writing is a creative exercise. Um, the you gotta kind of take it through some baby steps first. Uh, Google's voice synthesizer. Uh, why am I blanking on its name? WaveNet or something like that. When they were first training it. They just gave it audio. They didn't tell it, go from text to speech, go from speech to text. They're just like, here's some audio. And this thing would just blurt out nonsensical English, like blah blah, 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 you know, just making up words, making up phonemes and just trying to get the rhythm of the language and the sound of the language. Once that was trained, then they would narrow the network down to a specific task, task of go from t- uh Uh, text to speech and be able to synthesize a good sounding natural voice and when they went through that process this network well you've heard you've heard the best of google it's really close to human quality speech at this point yeah
1: it can be super duper scary Uh, but you know what's not scary our sponsor this week zinc fusion wow what a transition i'm hitting (laughs) it all cylinders Uh, listen our good friends over at zinc fusion they have everything that you need for your mobile apps, web apps, desktop apps, or anything that you're building. They got dashboards, they got controls, they got all those amazing things that you could possibly want and need. I use it in all my applications, including Island Tracker, all sorts of goodies in there. I use uh, charts, graphs, different input controls, up and down expanders, all that stuff that I didn't want to write myself or uh, didn't want to grab a bunch of different packages. Syncfusion had everything for me in one nice little package. All you have to do to go is syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. You can check out all their controls for whatever you're building. .NET, non.NET, you name it, they have it. Go check it out, syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. Thanks to Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. Thanks, Syncfusion. Yeah. So, okay, listen, it's fed all this data, right? It has everything. Now, one thing, though, about neural networks is usually they're getting smarter, right? Because you're feeding it more, and then you're constantly training it. How smart can this actually be if it's pre-trained? You know what I mean? Right.
0: The stuff that it's generating. It looks good, but is it actually good, or is it just happenstance? So I'm going to answer this question in two ways. Uh, Number one is... It's generally slightly worse than the best of class in each field. But it's also not like the worst in those fields. It's usually like number two or number three. So say you want to do English to Russian, um, might miss a word here or there. But it's a generalized network, right? So I just want to put that aside. So um, you right now, you can still win by a very specifically trained ML application. But the beauty of this thing, obviously, is its capability to generalize and all of that. But yeah, right now. But can you imagine? Like, this is one hundred seventy-five billion parameters. What if you do three hundred (laughs) billion? You know, Mm. it's just how big of a supercomputer can you build at this point? Um, So while it's still a slight underachiever, um, you have to think it's still smarter than all those other networks, right? Just just from its ability to not have to retrain for those specific tasks now answer number two is because it's a general thinger it's not trained on a specific task it's able to lead in a million new categories of tasks that we've never tried before because it's already trained it's already executing so uh how well does it do in the financial statement excel sheet generation category well it's top of the class because no one else has ever been able to do that before so like it's opening up a whole frontier so i almost don't care how it compares to those other ones because it's opening such a big new play field
1: yeah i think that what's really unique about that is is that it's going to possibly unlock all those scenarios like you're saying i'm looking at uh, Sheriff, who um, I think Sheriff is, is this a person? No, this person works uh, somewhere else. But I was reading an article about different puts, and I believe this person built a layout generator for with Ooh. JSX code. So what he did is he said, "Describe the layout that you want." This is really oh
0: neat. oh well, yeah okay a web layout. You mean like a oh. UI, a user interface?
1: <laughs> Generate a user interface. So the first one that uh, he put in here was. Um, um, a button that looks like a watermelon, and it gives a button <laughs> with a pink background with a green circle. And then the next because, one is
0: because because it has such general knowledge. Like if I were to write the thing that goes from text to UI, I I wouldn't have thought to include watermelons, James. It just would not have occurred to me. That's the beauty of a general knowledge. Sorry, it, I interrupted you. I just got but, so excited. But,
1: but you're right because it knows that a watermelon pink on the inside and then green on the outside <laughs> yeah. that's the border of it so it's like okay how do what how do i describe it that understood
0: border versus interior these yes. are abstract concepts there are no hieroglyphics for these concepts
1: <laughs> it's crazy and then the, the other one that um you put is large text that says welcome to my newsletter and a blue button that says subscribe and uh sure enough it definitely yep. puts it in there. Now it puts it, it put it in. This is funny is the first time he did it. The text was actually white. So it was the same as the background of the page. Oh, and then funny. he said, but then he said large text in red and then it just made it red.
0: Yeah. It's a new programming language. It's That's a crazy. new CSS. If nothing else like translation, what is a compiler? It's translating from a programming language into bytecode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah i hope no one's done bytecode yet i mean that's such a finicky language it probably wouldn't work because you got to be really precise but you know maybe with 500 billion <laughs> parameters it could do it <laughs> okay um yes yes okay so i keep singing the praises of this thing but mm-hmm. i want to address a couple subjects number one is as y'all know all neural networks are biased and the biggest bias this neural network has is, is is that it was fed English. So at the current state-of-the-art for this puppy, it is uh, an English network, which is kind of weird. So um, it's able to do translations because it figures out other languages, oddly enough. Um, but it's definitely biased towards English right now.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, a little bit sad, but um, I guess we can deal. Um, The other part, (laughs) um, I don't know how open they're being with the beta. I've been waiting for it for a while, James. (laughs) And I'm very excited to ever get into the beta. But I don't think it's, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Like, they really ask for applications and that kind of stuff. And so I don't know, I don't know if like... (sighs) I don't like the idea of OpenAI. I don't know how to phrase this right. You don't how like are the, we as you, app developers ever going to use this thing.
1: <laughs> you don't like that OpenAI is is
0: closed AI. In this sense. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well said. This, Yeah, this is why you're here. You, you can explain my thoughts. Um, yeah. So, like, I want to put all of these features into all of my apps. But at the same time, it's, you know, I'm going to have to start paying for someone and all that stuff. And so I really start to wonder if this is going to become a commoditized technology in that Microsoft will release one, Amazon will release one, etc., uh, or if OpenAI actually has an advantage in this situation. And now we have a new gatekeeper. Welcome to 2020. A new technology has been invented and a new gatekeeper for that technology.
1: No, it is very true. I mean, I could imagine a scenario that helps with all sorts of different applications. You know, um, even your application, like iCircuit, like build me and circuit that blah, blah, blah. Right. It yeah. It just like b- for builds real. it or... Or, yeah. um, you know, I could think of just even creating UI or like, there's, there's all sorts of different things that I'm sure like we're saying doesn't even, um, doesn't even calculate, right? Like, imagine you had a scenario where you have lights on like Phillips Hughes lights and you just talk to it like, Oh, can you make it a little warmer? Or can you set it, <laughs> it to, can you set it watermelon. to watermelon,
0: make my white, <laughs> exactly. A watermelon. Yeah.
1: Make it the watermelon. Oh, can you set the tone to a su- a, summer, a summer sunrise in, in May, or you know what I mean? Like in, <laughs> or what you know, it, it could be anything because poetic, it, yeah. It could be poetic, and the idea is it's general purpose. I think that's one thing yeah. that you stuck. You said it stuck out to me, and what I've had forever, and I've seen you talk about machine learning models, AI. We've talked on on this podcast more than any other topic is we're building models to do a thing. Something goes in and something goes out. You, you feed it ones and zeros coming. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like yeah. true. It's true or false. It is a hot dog or it's not a hot dog, and uh, or there's there's tags right? It's uh, and then you have multiple tags. So now you know that it's either a hot dog or a sausage or whatever, right? Or right. Uh, a, a veggie dog. So uh, this is I don't know why. Actually, you know what? I, I did buy a <laughs> lot of veggie dogs recently. Oh, at, uh, look at you, at, healthy. At uh, Trader Joe's, they're fantastic. They're like life, something. They're very, very good, at, like sixty calories. Very, good. anyways. Um, <laughs> but you know, but imagine that. I mean, there's there's these scenarios, but the question is, is it going to be good at at very, very specific things um, down the road again? But you said this is just the start of it. Yeah. But how much is it a detriment to Open AI that this thing is closed AI in the sense?
0: well it's good for them they're a business they're for profit as far as i understand though um i did hear uh, don't quote me on this everyone it could be completely wrong but i heard it like cost four million dollars to train like maybe they're accumulating like the cost of everyone's salary and you know buildings and all that operational costs that kind of thing but it was not easy to build or train or anything like that you know you need a computer with that much memory a distributed computer obviously but a computer of sorts and so i think the other part that bothers me is this is not something that can run on your computer this is definitely something you have to pay someone else to run for you that always breaks my heart because you know me james i love to run everything on device that's my mo right there yeah um but i, I do want to go back to what you were saying about um hey dingus the hey dingus is out there because mm-hmm. Oh my god, aren't you tired of how how dumb that they are? You know what it is? It's they let us see the potential because like the voice recognition part's pretty decent, but we have a restaurant near me called Roro's and mm-hmm. neither device can comprehend what the heck i'm saying when i say you know is row open you know or you know things like that they can't comprehend that or if you say something like you said uh something poetic uh, i want the lights the the dawn of my birthday and <laughs> you know 1980 i wanted that color uh, it'd never be able to figure it out and so um where was i going with that i forget um that. Just, I think those devices can be better is all
1: <laughs> correct and, and it could be uh, gradual improvements there you know and and when you think about how we speak as human beings that's how we want to speak to these devices we don't want to have to learn how to speak to the machine we Dumbed want the machi- yeah. yeah sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah we want the machine to understand us right so we actually want we don't want to dumb down to the machine we want the machine to rise not to our level but closer to our level right we don't want a a matrix situation up in here yeah but also why would why would they harvest humans i mean we don't generate that much power like why wouldn't they just have like you know normal energy sources in the matrix to like power the matrix i mean that th- that logic of because we consume we consume so much food for our energy i can't imagine that the output of our energy of a human body of heat source could be more than anything else frank
0: you know i was having this argument while camping and we were in tents and the argument was whether humans could create enough hot air to create condensation with the tent, given the amount of air gaps in the tent. <laughs> so I was literally having this argument of how much energy can we produce? You know, is the matrix valid? Is it valid? Um, but you bring up, you brought up the robot revolution and it, it does become a, you know, I started this all by saying I completely dismissed the robot revolution I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime so I don't care. But given 200 years it just might.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the you know the the here's the part of of this GPT-3 stuff that is fascinating is if they are just going out and they are training it on the internet then that would make decisions about knowledge graphs that the internet is true in which we know that a lot of the internet is not true. So that is what sort of scares me in this part of saying, Hey, we're going to do this. And even if you're like, Oh, we're going to do only trusted sources. Like, well, anyone can edit Wikipedia and in the moment in time in which you select, to index something can have false information on it. So I think that the downside here of, of, of just saying, we're just going to train it on the internet and go off and do stuff um it depends what they're indexing and i don't know if if they if they necessarily documented that because if, if you could say okay well we went to the national archives and we indexed like encyclopedia britannica and books and you know you know non-fiction is true stuff yeah right non-fiction mm-hmm. yeah. let get that makes sense and then so if you like oh we're going to index non-fiction which again doesn't mean non-fiction books are true by the
0: way <laughs> right because
1: <laughs> inaccuracies uh everything
0: has biases
1: everything has bias there's always going to be that inherent bias in the system and i don't know what's checking it necessarily because if it's pre-trained the issue comes how do you make gpt3 smarter well i guess you train it on more stuff and have more inputs and that's gpt4
0: yeah you could almost joke like gpt3 has 2020 biases you know however Mm. we were thinking then um, but it's truly a problem. You described it very well. And in some ways, I think that that was one of the original purposes of open AI was to address this problem and try to think it through. It's I find it sadly funny <laughs> that um, they've more accelerated the problem than did thinking on it. I haven't seen too many research papers where they've thought through how they're going to handle this, because imagine this scenario, GPT-3 is generating the inter- internet, whilst GPT-4 is reading the internet. That's not good. And then GPT-4 could generate the internet while GPT-5 reads the internet. Um, I think my favorite sci-fi author, Neil Stevenson, uh, wrote about this in his book Anathome. Uh He joked that the internet actually did start to fall down that cycle where these generators and readers were constantly combating each other. And instead of come up with one source of truth, it became more of a probabilistic game. Like, what is the common story here? And worse than that, they would just feed misinformation into the system anyway to test the system. So you'd write an article that had a uh, a bad fact in it, and then you'd have a neural network basically fact-checking that um I didn't say neural network. He didn't write neural network, but you know what I mean? Something fact-checking it. So it's an arms race. It's an escalation. It's something we're all going to have to be ready for.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Well said, sir. Well said, I don't know if I can add any other value onto this conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is fun. I just wanted, you know, you know me, I need to get a neural network machine learning episode in now and then, and it's timely. And I really am excited by this. I've said a lot of negative things in this, but that's just because I'm trying to be qualify everything I'm equivocating. But as a nerd, as a technologist, uh, you know, the 12 year old part of me is like, this is awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on this thing. So that's all. <laughs> Nice.
1: Nice. Well, if anyone has GPT-3 access, I'm sure that Frank would love access to that. So feel free to give him an email. Go to and <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. I mean, <laughs> it would be fascinating to see what we could come up with. I'm just saying. I don't know. Just saying. Hashtag XAML generator. <laughs> well, you know, I even think about it for the podcast, right? Which is we have transcriptions for, every, or for a lot of the podcasts. And imagine... If that information was fed into some sort of system like this, mm,
0: question and answer could. system at least, that would be fun. Frank bot, oh, James bot. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. And they're all tagged with James and Frank. So literally, you could have that type of response.
0: I kind of, I'm a little bit afraid of what the Frank bot would tell me. I think we might have to run this experiment sometime. I'm sure the James bot will be wonderful. I'm more afraid of the Frank bot.
1: Yes, definitely the James bot will be the best. That is for sure. So. <laughs> Yeah, cool.
0: I believe it. Yep, that's it.
1: <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, go um, go off. Um, don't believe everything you read on the internet. That is for sure. Um, and we're, <laughs> I just want to make sure people do that. Make sure you wear a mask. <laughs> don't believe everything you read on the internet. And um, be safe out there, people. You know, um, uh, I love all of you. But please be safe. Wear a mask um, and wash your hands. Until next time, this has been another merch Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Kruger. Thanks for listening. Peace.